T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Home and home. Two days from Super Bowl Sunday. We've got the guest laid out for you today. Super Bowl 40 MVP Heinz Ward joins us. A man who's been to four straight Super Bowls and one of the greatest special teamers in the history of the game. Steve Tasker, Buffalo Bills, joins us on a throwback Thursday. Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. It's ziprecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest Way to hire a great show planned for you today as well. We'll discuss, does Andy Reid need to win a Super Bowl to be a Hall of Fame head coach? That's the poll at RDC, home and home. Please vote. We'd like to get those results. No is the answer right now. Come on, folks. Way it the other way. I'm Dave Briggs. I'm home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's back home from Miami. He's in Pennsylvania. And we are thrilled to welcome in a two-time Super Bowl champ, the Super Bowl 40 MVP, Heinz Ward, the all-time Steelers leading receiver in yards, catches, and touchdown receptions. Now an offensive assistant coach with the New York JETS. Heinz, always great to have you. You and I worked mm-hmm. together at NBC, as did Ross Tucker. You and I worked together at CNN. Tell us, how are you enjoying coaching, my friend? <laughs> coaching's not bad. You know, uh, the hours, of course, is a, is a huge adjustment. But uh, if you love football, man, it's, it's kind of where my heart has, has always been. It was a, something that I've always wanted. I was intrigued with coaching because while I was playing, I was basically almost uh, the veteran guy on the team. So I felt like I was coaching while I was playing. So it's just something that just felt natural. Um, and the Jets um, having, you know, uh, getting an opportunity up here, man, is a blessing in itself. And uh, Coach Adam Gase, he wanted to keep me on for the season, and uh, it's downhill from there. So I've learned a lot um, kind of being mentored by Sean, Coach John, Sean Jefferson, who I played against uh, in the league, and uh, he's been phenomenal just – Basically, you know, uh, letting me add my two cents in, and and guys have responded well. So I'm extremely blessed and and, and thankful of the opportunity to be here with the Jets. When did you think, like, this might be something that you wanted to do? I know we were doing the broadcasting stuff together. You switched over to coaching, which I'm guessing is a lot more hours. (laughs) (laughs) The hours aren't bad. I mean, Russ, especially if you love football. You know, I I love everything about football. It's something we've done for a very long time since we were little kids. But now having the opportunity to kind of spread the word, spread my message to to the players, you know, uh, I guess that's the gratification that you get out of coaching is being able to give a player a nugget that he can go out there and have success with, and then he goes out there and execute uh, the little tidbit that you told him. And, uh, you know, that's gratifying for me. So I just felt like me personally, I want some of these players to experience everything that I got out of football. So uh, I wanted to try it out. 
while the opportunity uh, presented itself. And uh, it was down here, uh, downhill from there. I loved everything about being in the media. So now I'm on the flip side of things. So, <laughs> you know, now getting more of the, the details uh, of play calling and things like that. But, you know, I've learned a lot about myself. Um, you know, we had to overcome adversity this year, starting the season off at one and seven. And, and you guys know, I mean, um, in this media market here in New York, and, you know, that thing could have went downhill fast. But uh, praise the guys for kind of, you know, just keeping their head down and, and just grinding. And that's what we did each and every day. It really, we, you know, weren't listening to the outside noise, uh, sort of say. We just kept going out and, and getting better each day at practice. And uh, to turn this thing around and finish the last half of the season six and two, uh, that's something that we can build off of. Yeah, one and seven to six and two, an impressive turnaround for Coach Gase and the entire New York Jets staff and the players. Talking to Heinz Ward, two-time Super Bowl MVP, uh, one-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time champ. Uh, thrilled to see you in coaching, Heinz. Interesting, a lot of discussion about coaching today, and that is, of course, because your former team, it has to do with the Rooney rule and the lack of success we've seen hiring minority coaches, in particular coordinators and head coaches. And yesterday, the commissioner said it's clear we need to change and do something different. No reason to expect that we're going to have a different outcome next year without some kinds of changes. What does the NFL need to do to get more minority coaches all throughout the ranks and certainly at the head coach spot? Well, I think the Rooney Rule kind of gives guys an opportunity just to put themselves in front of owners so owners get to know kind of who the minority uh, coaches are uh, that are in, in the league. Uh, it's disappointing sometimes where, you know, you see guys, uh, you look at their resume and, and how many years and what they've done in this world and, and still aren't given those opportunities. But the only way to solve those things, uh, things like that is through dialogue. You know, continuing to put it out there, continuing to talk, uh, continuing to have interviews, so more minority coordinators can 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 be in front of owners and things like that. And all it takes is just one. So, um, you know, I'm not discouraged about it um, because I think eventually you will see more minorities kind of uh, getting opportunities and, and and filling those roles and uh, head coaching roles. But uh, overall, I mean, it's great that, that, that we are having dialogue about it because that's the only way I think you get people talking and it really puts it shines a light on the situation. So um, thankful we had a great owner and the Rooney Rule gave Mike Tomlin an opportunity. So uh, it can be done. Uh, it's just a matter of just, you know, timing. Timing is everything. You know, Hines, it's interesting. This is sort of my my take on it, and I wanted to get your opinion. Is I think it goes all the way back to there not being as many African American quarterbacks, you know, even in the '80s and '90s as there are now. And so then, when you look at some, and that's college and NFL, and then you look at who gets hired, it seems like it's all offensive coordinators who before that they were quarterback coaches and there just aren't that many African-American quarterback coaches. I feel like we need more guys like Byron left.
now they're offensive coordinators because it seems like all these owners want to hire the Kyle Shanahan or the McVay or the, you know, the young play caller quarterback guru guy. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Byron Leftwich and I mean, a guy who's played the quarterback position, uh, you know, he's played at a high level. So it was great to see Bruce Arians giving him an opportunity. Uh, Eric Benemy, I don't know what more he has to do to prove himself as worthy of, of kind of, you know, getting an opportunity to be a head coach one day. You know, people always say uh, he doesn't call the play or whatever, but there's been a lot of coordinators that may not call the plays that, that get the head coaching position. So uh, it's just a matter of just, yes, you're right. You know, uh, there aren't that many uh, African-American uh, quarterbacks in the league, uh, but, you know, we, we do have them. It's not the sit there and say that the only way to become a head coach is you have to be a coordinator. I think that's been proven this year with the hiring of some of the head coaches around the league. But um, I, I love it that we're even talking about it because, you know, having that dialogue will only open up doors and create those opportunities. And I think, you know, will soon come in the future. And, and, and to piggyback off of that, Hines, I feel like as a result, I think they should extend the Rooney rule to coordinators and to position coaches because so many guys just hire people that they know or whatever. And I, I like the, the idea that if you have to interview at least a minority for every position, even if you ultimately don't hire them or you hire somebody you know or whatever, you can say, you know what? I didn't hire him to be my coordinator, but damn, Heinz Ward was impressive. Like, He's going to be a coordinator. He's going to be it soon. He's ready. I just think that that would really help uh, get more minorities hired at quarterback coach at the coordinator positions. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, there's plenty of qualified guys that can, you know, have uh, great potential to be leaders and be become head coaches. You just don't have to be uh, a coordinator to be a head coach. You know, all all minorities and all coaches, I think, really, they all they ask for is an opportunity. So, you know, being interviewed in any position uh, will be wonderful for minorities just to go out there and prove their worth. And, you know, all minorities really ask for is an opportunity, you know, and, and, and just let them go out there and prove themselves. And there's so many minority uh, uh, position coaches, coordinators through the league that, you know, if given that opportunity, who knows, you know, maybe an owner take a chance on them. Uh, because there's plenty of Mike Tomlins uh, out there in the league. And, and it's just a matter of yep. just giving that person an opportunity to showcase what he can do. Good to hear the commissioner acknowledge change is needed. I think Ross is spot on. They will extend it to all the positional coaches. Talking to Heinz Ward, Super Bowl 40 MVP, caught five catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown in that Amazing win over Seattle. A touchdown catch from Antoine randall But, Hines, you have a Super Bowl experience that you clearly didn't feel into the game in that first quarter, and you've talked about this. Maybe it was the night of sleep. Maybe it was not knowing how this week was going to play out. But what types of things might catch a Tyreek Hill or a Debo Samuel off guard based on the experience you had? What do you remember? <laughs> well, there's nothing. There's no bigger stage than the Super Bowl. I mean, if it's your first time ever playing in the Super Bowl, the nerves are, are unreal. <laughs> you know, you, you can't – you get sleepless the night before. You're just thinking about all the times, you know, 
uh, growing up as a kid and dreaming about the opportunity of playing in the Super Bowl. Now you're just uh, a night before the Super Bowl, you get an opportunity to play in it, so your nerves are just kind of all over the place. And then waking up and, and driving to the stadium, you know, the pageantry uh, uh, of the Super Bowl. You know, you see the celebs on the sidelines. You see all the, the glitz and glamours and, and of what the Super Bowl is all about. Uh, I remember playing in my first one in, in Detroit, and, and I was out there, and I saw celebs on the sidelines saying, come on, Hines, let's go. And I'm out there trying to put my Odell Beckham on, trying to show out in front of the, the celebs out on the field during pregame, and I wore myself out. <laughs> I was physically tired when I came off the pregame warm-ups, and the nerves got the best of me, I actually went into the bathroom and had to uh, throw up a little bit. <laughs> I've never thrown up ever a day in my life. And so that just comes with the uh, the Super Bowl and what, it, what the Super Bowl means. So a lot of guys, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, explain. You, you know, all the leaders can say, hey, it's going to be good. It's going to be this and that. But until you get out there and experience it for yourself, it's unreal. And so some of the guys who've never played in the Super Bowl, you know, they're going to have to deal with that. And then, you know, when the kickoff begins, you see all the flashing lights, and, and, and now it's just getting back to playing football. But then, you know, as a player, you want to impact the game so much, so you try so hard that you end up messing up. And I can recall, you know, uh, in Super Bowl Forty, I make a catch 10 out of 10 times, and it was something, a routine catch, and I end up dropping the touchdown, which I just thought – that's the touchdown that's going to make us lose the game. If I if I make that catch, you know, we win the game. But luckily for me, I had another opportunity uh, to to help our team win. But all I can recall from that Super Bowl is this easy pass that I dropped in the corner of the end zone. You know, everybody's patting me on the back. And uh, I was being named Super Bowl MVP and, and winning the Super Bowl for the first time. Uh, but all I could think about is that one play, and that's that the, the nerves of playing in the Super Bowl got the best of me. That's amazing, Hines. I never heard that story before. I did hear the story about you not having an ACL, but for our, <laughs> our viewers and listeners, I still don't get that. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get, get it get either. How you were so good without an ACL. And, like, if a guy tears his ACL, they have to have surgery. Why don't they just – everybody talks about Ronnie Locke cutting his pinky off when these guys tear an ACL, why don't they just keep playing like Heinz Ward did? Hey, I'm a freak of nature, man. And I tell, you know, I do a lot of speaking uh, engagements around the high schools, and, and I can't explain uh, how God uh, the, has really blessed me. I mean, I built this raggedy ramp uh, in fourth grade and, you know, had a center block with a little four-by-four four piece of wood, and halfway in the air this ramp explodes and the bike goes one way and my body goes the next and next thing you know I fractured my kneecap and the doctors missed that I tore my ACL at the same time so six weeks later after the cast uh, they cut the cast off I'm back to playing sports and I played football basketball baseball AAU baseball and all through high school and in college I go to University of Georgia play four years after I graduate uh, and go to the combines uh, they put me on the table and they tug on my knee and they was like, hell, son, you don't have an ACL. I was like, well, good. I can't tear it. And they was like, no, that's not good. So I got list, listed as a high uh, draft pick, a high-risk draft pick because I didn't have an ACL. So my draft stock kind of slipped a little bit because I was out here running around with nothing in my knee. <laughs> no stability. 
<laughs> no stability. Talking to two times <laughs> Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 40 MVP, Heinz Ward. One of the fascinating things about this particular Super Bowl on Sunday is the two receiving cores. Now you look at Kansas City with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and and Sammy Watkins underrated is that San Francisco group with Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, and of course, George Kittle. So who has the best unit on that field? Michael Irvin was asked about that. Here's who he says might have the better receiving core. We were talking about the wide receivers in this game, and obviously people look at Kansas City and what, what they have at that grouping. But over on the 49ers side, do you feel like they're getting downplayed a little bit? What do you make of the wide receiver core that Jimmy Garoppolo's got coming up on Sunday? And, and they are getting downplayed, and, and, and rightfully so if you're doing a comparative analysis to what uh, Kansas City has at the wide receiver position. But, but, but since they got Emmanuel Sanders in San Francisco in week eight, you look at Garoppolo's numbers, Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers since week eight and how they've taken off. And it's not just affected the quarterback position. Look at Adebo Samuel has taken off since week eight because they have a young guy there and Debo Samuel and all those young guys, and then they put a veteran in and taught these young guys now or teaching these young guys now how to prepare and how to play at this level. And that combination is creating a great, great combination for them at the wide receiver position. So Michael Irvin on the best receiving core in the Super Bowl. Hines Ward with us. Hines, who do you think has the best receiving core in this game and who will be a bigger factor on Sunday? Um, I don't, I'm going to probably have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs just because of the opportunities, you know. I just think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get back there, sling it 30, 40 times a game, and, and they can score real fast. You know, everybody's comparing them to the Golden State Warriors, so it doesn't take Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins long uh, to make an impact on the game. All they need is one or two catches, and they can change the game completely. But uh, you know, Manuel Sanders, I had him in Pittsburgh when he was a rookie, along with Antonio Brown and Mike Wallace. And, you know, he's proven uh, he's, he can play on the big stage, playing with Peyton Manning out at Denver and, and playing, having some playoff experience in Pittsburgh. So uh, I don't think the stage would be too big for him. So I look for him to kind of take over that leadership role. Uh, to the other guys, and I just think for San Francisco, their offense, the key for them is, is running the ball and keeping uh, Patrick Mahomes and that high-octane offense off the field, and that's kind of their game plan. So, uh, But I still just have to go with the, the Chiefs just because of the opportunities that they're going to get over the opportunities San Francisco receivers are going to get. Don't want to put words in your mouth. Is that a Chiefs win prediction from Hines Ward? Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I mean, I, I just think for Andy Reid, I mean, I've, I I know him personally, and, and all the great things that, uh, you know, the knowledge that he's given me, the advice over the years. You know, he's just an all-around good dude, and I think all the players who play for Andy Reid kind of are cheering for him to to get that first Super Bowl win. So, I'm gonna go with uh, with Andy Reid and the Chiefs in this one. We're discussing this morning. Does Andy Reid need a Super Bowl win to get in the Hall of Fame. I want to ask you quickly before we go about the Hall of Fame finalists this year, three safeties, four really, but I'm splitting hairs between three. Troy Polamalu, who you know very, very well, Steve Atwater and John Lynch. Pick two of that group. And then the wide receivers, <laughs> Reggie That's Wayne. Tough. 
<laughs> and then there's then there's the safeties. I want to put you on the spot here too. Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce. Pick one of that group. You know what? I, of course, I'm gonna be a little biased and go with Troy. I mean, Troy is a difference maker, man. I played years there in Pittsburgh and had an opportunity to go against him each and every day of practice. Man, he's just a game changer. I mean, but all you can't go wrong with any of those guys. But uh, uh, Lynch, of course, he's knocked me out a couple of times. So we had some good battles down at Tampa and, and in Denver. Uh, at water, um, grew up watching him, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of receivers feared him crossing the middle. I can tell you that. Uh, but all those guys are proven. I mean, they're all Hall of Famers. It's just a matter of time when they get in. But I'm gonna have to go with Troy and, and Lynch because I played against Lynch. So those are my two safeties. As far as wide receivers, kind of hard. I mean. What Torrey Holden, Isaac Bruce did in, in, in St. Louis, I mean, the greatest show on turf. Um, they were with the Rams. Um, they represent what the Rams receivers are all about, just playmaking abilities left and right, um, great technician, route runners, great hands, can can catch. Um, you know, I grew up watching those guys and playing against those guys, man, just phenomenal athletes. And, and Reggie Wayne, I mean, he's the counterpart to – so many great years uh, with the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, just watching those two guys. So uh, it's hard to really go with one. Um, so I'm going to go with the the older of the group. I'm going to go with Isaac Bruce. I know he's been uh, on that final finalist uh, list for a while now. So uh, I'd be glad to see him get in. He's He's been waiting a long time. Very interesting uh, to see who gets the nod. We hope to see Heinz Ward in the Hall of Fame. You've got the resume, my friend. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, Heinz Ward. Good luck with the Jets next season. Finished at 6-2. and two. Keep it going next year. Okay, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.